Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It is Wednesday, October 20th, 2021. Today, uh, we continue our catechesis through 1 Kings, uh, and as we expected, as was kind of telegraphed in the text, we'll learn about how Solomon um, moves away from faithfulness in the Lord. All right. And then a reminder here, I'll try to do the same at the end, is that this evening at 7 p.m., I invite you to join us for um, divine service. We gather and we'll recognize St. James of Jerusalem, the brother of our Lord, this evening. All right. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. One second. There we go. All right. Let's say our uh, memory verse for this week. You formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalm 139, verses 13 through 14. And then our psalm for this week is Psalm 129. Greatly have they afflicted me from my youth, let Israel now say. Greatly have they afflicted me from my youth, and yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed upon my back, they made long their furrows. The Lord is righteous, he has cut the cords of the wicked. May all who hate Zion be put to shame and turned, and turned backward. Let them be like grass on the housetops which withers before it grows up with which the reaper does not fill his hand, nor the binder sheaves his arms. Nor do those who pass by say, The blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The first reading today is from First Thessalonians chapter 4. Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the, the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter. Because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. 
and indeed you do so toward the brethren, all the brethren who are in Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you should that you increase more and more, and that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands, as we commanded you, that you may walk properly toward those who are outside, and that you may lack nothing. There ends the reading. Um, this reading in particular, obviously it apl- it's Paul speaking um, to the brothers at the church of Thessalonica, I think especially the elders, the pastors, but um, even so, those who um, are there, all those of that congregation. Um, it will apply quite directly to our next reading uh, from 1 Kings 11, uh, namely that we abstain from sexual immorality, right, um, and to treat our bodies as vessels of the Lord to be used for the Lord's uh, good purpose, right? And we're going to hear how Solomon actually forsakes the word of the Lord and uses his body, his sexuality, actually for um, uncleanness, all right, for idolatry. All right. Um, anything else on that? Well, I would suppose there's one other note that I'd like to make is that uh, it's actually kind of an unpopular opinion, right? That what we do in our body affects what we believe. Um, it's not really an opinion. It's actually the confession of God's word. Um, that what we do in the flesh um, has a bearing on what we believe, what we think in the spirit. I, I would say this has been one of the great deceits maybe of the last you know, 50 or so years. Um, really applied or put upon the church um, by those outside the church is that we were we were given to think um, of faith of religion as being a private or a personal matter in some regards that's helpful so for example the first amendment protects against um, religious conscience which is individual conscience not corporate but individual um, the state is not protecting corporate churches but is protecting the your right um, at least it's giving you that right to believe, I would say it's protecting the right, it's given by God, protecting that right to believe according to your conscience, right? Uh, which is also then why uh, when the church teaches falsely, you are conscience um, burdened, your conscience is burdened to actually seek a, a, a true, a church that confesses the truth, a pastor who preaches according to God's word, etc. right? So your individual conscience according to the scriptures is, is quite important. And then our confessions actually echo that. Um, but we've been taught then, um, this was especially um, about the last three or four presidencies in particular, those regimes, uh, to think of religious expression as being um, personal, but also private, right? And I, that's not what the First Amendment is protecting against. For example, it says that you have um, the right um, free exercise of religion, but it's also coupled with the freedom of speech, right? So that you can actually proclaim that um, faith um, publicly, right? And actually practice it in a very public way. So it actually is protecting against the public expression of faith too. The corporate gathering of the saints around God's word on Sundays is protected by the First Amendment, regardless of what your health authorities say, all right? Um, why did I bring that all up? Yes, private versus public expression. Um, so be careful about that, that, um, that you forfeit what, what the Lord has given and what um, actually... A, he has given you, even through the state, the uh, protections that he affords you there as well. Uh, so, But the point being is what you do in your body, what you say with your mouth, affects what you believe in your heart, and vice versa. What you believe in your heart, uh, if, if you're faithful, is going to then have an effect upon what you say and how you act publicly, right? not just privately.
That's the point. And we'll see this play out with Solomon here as king. First Kings chapter 11. But King Solomon loved many foreign women as well as the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites from the nations of whom the Lord has said to the children of Israel, You shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. Surely they will turn away your hearts after other gods, or after their gods. Solomon clung to these in love, and he had seven hundred wives, princesses, and three hundred concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. For it was so, when Solomon was old, that his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and did not follow the Lord, as did his father David. Then Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, on the hill that is east of Jerusalem, and as and for Molech, the abomination of the people of Ammon. And he did likewise for all his foreign wives who burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. So the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned from the Lord God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods, but he did not keep what the Lord had commanded. Therefore, the Lord said to Solomon, because you have done this and you have not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to your servant. Nevertheless, I will not do it in your days for the sake of your father David. I will tear it out of the hand of your son. However, I will not tear away the whole kingdom. I will give one tribe to your son for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, whom I have chosen. All right. So that ends the reading. All right. Um, it said that these things happened in when Solomon was old. Um, Solomon's obviously responsible for many of the books of the Bible, and you know those. Um, so the 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 young the one that he wrote when he was young, you're not going to be surprised by this, would be the Song of Songs or the Song of Solomon, right? Um, what did he write during Middle Age? That would be the Book of Proverbs, right? And then in his old age, he writes Ecclesiastes. Of course, that all makes sense, right? The vitri- the um, vitality of youth with Song of Solomon, Proverbs, you know, um, applying wisdom to, to one's life, and then Ecclesiastes, which is really lamenting um, the state of affairs and what you've wrought by your life, what he's wrought in the kingdom. Uh, he writes that in old age. Now, um, the story is important for us to remember. What had Solomon asked for when God had promised him? Uh, whatever he would ask, he would give. What did God put into the heart of Solomon? What is he known for? Back in 1 Kings 10, verse 24, it says, uh, wisdom. Of course, we should uh, remember what did God use that wisdom for? Specifically, it said, now all the earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put in his heart. Each man brought, right? All the earth came to hear Solomon uh, and his wisdom, right? The whole earth. This makes us think of Jesus, right? We talked about that, how all the country, all the regions came out to hear Jesus. Uh But of course, we see the foolishness of Solomon, despite having been given wisdom. um, This is always the challenge. With great knowledge, with great wisdom, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that one applies it uh, to their own life, right? Right? So we as Christians have been given a, a lovely inheritance when it comes to God's word, 
that doesn't mean that we always live according to the word that we've been given. Right? And that's the warning here of Solomon. Uh, verse 1, yeah, he loved many foreign women, as well as the daughter of Pharaoh, women of Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites. Right? So he loved the foreign women from the nations that came to hear his wisdom. Right? And God had warned um, about, what did he have warned about these women of these nations? Yeah. You shall not enter marry with them, all right, nor with you. Now, when we talked about this with the children, um, <laughs> one of them suggested, well, that means that uh, we're not supposed to marry outside of the United States of America, a non-citizen. I'm like, nope, that's not what it means. All right, what's the key here? That the women would turn their hearts uh, to foreign gods. So it's not that they're simply foreign women. That, that alone is not an offense. Right? We see that often, actually, in the scriptures. Moses marries you know, outside of um, Egypt, for example. Abraham, too. All right. Um, what, what's the point here? Is that these foreign god, women have foreign gods, right? Um, and these women then, without conversion to faith in the true God, will turn your heart uh, to the foreign gods, right? And I, and I suggested to the children that this should be one of their chief, no, shouldn't be one of their, it is the chief criteria for those who you look to marry, is do they believe, do they trust in the same God that I do? Um, I didn't get into too much detail with that. Um, but we will here in a moment, actually. All right. Um, what led then to Solomon's troubles? The Lord had said, he forsook what the Lord said, and instead, verse 2, he clung to these women in love, along with their gods. <laughs> um, and add insult to injury, how many of these wives did he have? 700. How many concubines? 300, you know, a harem. Um, and so, this has its effect upon Solomon. Despite the wisdom that God had given, what happened when he grew old? It says here, his heart was not loyal to the Lord as God as had been the heart of his father David. He turned his heart after um, these others, right? And they're really quite horrible. Um, we don't want to make light of this at all, right? Which gods? The Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, right? So that was a female goddess. Goddess, fertility goddess, who is the, alone is the God um, who gives. Uh, we'll talk about this in the first article of the Creed. Who provides? That would be the true God, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? God the Creator. Um, also, Molech and Milcom, the gods of the Ammonites. I don't know anything about this Milcom character, um, but but uh, Molech is is quite quite significant. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay, so uh, Milcom was the name of either the national god or popular god of the Ammonites. He is attested in the Hebrew Bible, as we just read. Um, little is said about him, of course, in the scripture. Outside the Bible, the name Milcom is attested in archaeology, uh, such as on several Ammonite seals, which where he is often connected with bull imagery. Right? These seals indicate that Malcolm was seen as benevolent, exalted, strong, and associated with the stars. Um, yeah. So, even outside evidence links him maybe with Osiris of Egypt. And uh, the, the stem, Milcom, probably connects to the idea, you know, from Malki is to rule. So, maybe just the national god of the Ammonites. But, of course... Uh, 
Molech is quite famous. Um, he's the fire god of the Ammonites. Um, and he is notable um, because of child sacrifice in particular. He's not the only one of this list in whom you would sacrifice your children to them. In other words, kill them and, and then offer them in the fire. Um, so, speaking of an abomination. Because who gives life? God does. Right? Child sacrifice, while it's common in the ancient world, actually even in the modern world, think abortion, which is just sacrificing gods to Molech again. Um, we even see a picture of this maybe with Abraham and Isaac, right? And how God actually stops him from sacrificing uh, Isaac in the way of the false gods. See? Um, Chemosh, the god of the Moabites, I don't know this one very well either. Uh, this is another female god, actually. Mother goddess of the Moabites. Um, seems to be related to Milcom of the... Uh, of the Ammonites, we don't know its uh, etymology. So again, this would be a national god, right? Um, like for us, Lady Liberty, or uh, uh, what would be another one of our national gods? Well, Columbia, right? Lady Liberty is Columbia. I'm trying to think of an if we have another one. That, that's probably the closest that we have. <laughs> um, you can thank uh, our Masonic friends for bringing nas creating national gods for us. Okay, so it says here that he was gen or she was a gen general, generally a deity of the same nature of Baal. So with human sacrifice again to earn God's favor, you can see uh, that in Second Kings chapter three, and uh, that's about all we need to do with that. All right, so we had Kamosh. So again, the worship of these gods included child sacrifice. And I think this is really important um, when we when we talk about. Um, we talk about intermarrying, not, not necessarily with foreigners in, in terms of nation, although sometimes, um, but with those who have foreign gods, right, who are foreign, who do not uh, believe, worship, and confess the same um, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, um, who often get sacrificed. And this is what's mixed. It's like, well, we'll just do it. We love each other, so it's fine. Um, but we can see the effect of this upon the church, right, because the children are the ones who end up being sacrificed. The children. Um, are often not faithful um, because their parents are not um, consistent with one another, right? So the parents worship different gods, so the children worship whatever god they want to worship, you see? Maybe they pick between one of the one or the other parent, or maybe, worse, they abandon both, right? Maybe worse. Um, and then grandchildren too. So you see it visited upon the children of those who hate God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to the third and fourth generation, um, as Exodus um, 32 says, right? So I don't think we want we want to uh, move too quickly away from this teaching that God had warned Solomon, and we'll see the consequence upon Solomon's household, right? As he um, brought in foreign wives who had foreign gods, so his children also abandoned the true God. Uh, actually, in the previous chapter, so we're in chapter 11, in chapter 10, it says that Solomon basically went to church three times a year. <laughs> he made sacrifices, he worshiped God three times a year. So um, that's a creaster, right? Christmas, Easter, and maybe pick another feast day, effectively. <laughs> All right, so why did God become angry with Solomon? Of course, verse 9, because his heart had turned away from the Lord. Right? And how many times had God appeared to Solomon? Yeah, it says that he appeared to him twice to warn him, commanding him concerning this thing. 
Um, that's, of course, like the true son of David, the faithful son of David, Jesus, right? Um, that we have two appearances of God, the Father, right? In the, at, least, at least two, <laughs> uh, plus or minus. And that would be notably at his baptism and his transfiguration where the voice says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And then at the transfiguration, the addition, listen to me, or listen to him, I should say. All right. Um, of course, there's consequence, as I said. Um, we, this is why we don't, I don't think we always take the words, the words of the Lord seriously, um, because there are curses that will be applied upon us for our repentance, right? And what happens? God says that he's going to tear the kingdom away from Solomon and give it to his servant. We'll see that that, that servant's name is Jeroboam, ultimately. Right, and we'll see that. Uh, yeah, we'll see that tomorrow. I think, or maybe it's the next day. Let's see here. Yeah, the next day, Jeroboam. Um, also, what would God do for then, but though for the sake of David? This is the key. As harsh as this lesson is, there's a wonderful promise here at the end. However, however, good news. Not tear the kingdom away from Solomon, away in Solomon's lifetime, and he would let Solomon's son keep one tribe in addition to Judah. He's going to preserve um, the line and lineage of David through Solomon, through Rehoboam, all things considered, um, even despite their rebellion, right? So there is, there's that. God will preserve a remnant. All right, summary meditation then. Solomon's heart had been filled with the wisdom of God. The queen of Sheba had listened to these words and went away in faith. But Solomon's wives clung to the words of their own gods. Solomon's, Solomon held fast to these women rather than to the word of God. He did not exalt the wisdom of the Lord over their gods, but built them temples to celebrate a wisdom that was no wisdom at all. His heart was turned from the living God to the gods who demanded the death of men. Solomon even built a high place for Moloch, who was worshipped by causing children to pass through the fire as living sacrifices. Yet for the sake of the promise of David, the son of David, Jesus would still come to be offered up as the only living sacrifice to pay for the sins of all men. Though the son of David, or through the son of David, men would be rescued from passing through the fire. His heart did not turn away from his father, the God of Israel, but pleased his father greatly. So Jesus gathers the nations around him to listen to a saving word of wisdom and to be given his kingdom. All right. Let's confess the first article of the Creed, speaking of what the true God gives. I believe that God, in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. What does this mean? I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason and all my senses, and still takes care of them. He also gives me clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, animals, and all I have. He richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. He defends me against all danger and guards and protects me from all evil. All this he does only out of fatherly, divine goodness and mercy, without any merit or worthiness in me. For all this, it is my duty to thank and praise, serve and obey him. This is most certainly true. We pray. Heavenly Father, your word gives life and has created and sustains all things. We thank you for the sun, the moon, and the stars which give light to the earth and order our days and seasons. We give thanks to you for the expanse of the sky, for the water that sustains all of life, and for the dry land upon which we live. We give thanks to you for the plants and animals of your creation. 
You have given all of this to us for our good and for our enjoyment. We give thanks to you that you have created us in your image, male and female, to be fruitful and multiply and to have dominion over the creation. We thank you for ordering our lives and giving us rest and refreshment through your word. But most of all, we thank you for redeeming us and all creation from sin and death through the gift of your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Help us to trust in you as our Creator and believe in your Son for eternal life and salvation. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O Lord, grant to your faithful people pardon and peace, that we may be cleansed from all their sins and serve you with a quiet mind. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray today for marriage and family, that husbands and wives, parents and children live in ordered harmony according to the word of God, for parents who must rear their children alone, for our communities and neighborhoods. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray in Thanksgiving this day with Olivia, who celebrates her birthday. We pray for those households of our church, especially Alicia, Jeannie, James, Stephen and Morgan, David and Ruth. We give thanks to God for the labor and effort to rehab our teacherage. We pray for those who are ill, receiving treatment, or recovering, especially Tristan, Marcella, Kelsey, Ron, Joel, Amanda, Dan, and John, Timothy, Janice, Sandy, and Ken, Norman, Sandy, Kathy, and Mike. Pray for our homebound, Bev, David, Roy, Willis, Mickey, and Paul. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially this month for Orphan Grain Train, asking the Lord to give us generosity and support of their work. We pray for a denial of self. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we sing our hymn for this week, Father Most Holy.
All right, so good to have you with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. Um, I invite you to join us this evening at 7 p.m. for divine service. Again, we'll be recognizing St. James, the brother of Jesus, right? Brother of our Lord. And uh, we'll hear what comfort uh, the gospel brings there. Uh, let's see, anything else? No, tomorrow is uh, we'll have Congregation of Prayer again at 9 a.m. Uh, otherwise, Lord be with you. Keep you safe. Um, bless your day. And we'll see you then.